0: are locked on wild your minnesota wild every day it is the mailbag episode here on the locked on podcast network i'm your host joe bully of zonecoverage.com and with me is tony abbott of the athletic minnesota tony we got a power-packed episode full of all of our listeners questions so we thank them for submitting their questions but uh, tony we love questions a, i've got yeah we do love questions i've got a story here from tim a listener from uh, from our 10k rinks radio days as well as uh, a loyal listener to Locked On wild here um
1: straight out man. the box from the gangster category
0: <laughs> you know it um so here's his email He's, he just goes okay hello long story short i was at the anaheim game last night and got hit in the head with the puck and felino gave me his stick after the game oh that's so nice I'm a Las Vegas resident, Minneapolis born, so I get my games on NHL.TV since I'm out of market. I couldn't find the clip on the app as the broadcast cut it off before it showed that. However, my wife wants the clip really badly, and according to many people on Reddit, it was on FSN. How do I go about getting the clip? Anyways, love the podcast, by the way. 10K Rings Radio and Locked On Wilder are my daily listens. He's also big uh, subscribers of both the athletic and zone coverage, so he's got nothing. Uh, Good things to say. And then he also attached proof of the story with a picture of the giant knot on his forehead.
1: So he took Uh, a puck to the dome. He took it right to the dome. Yeah. So sorry. That's how happy Gilmore's dad died. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it is. Uh, So uh, we feel bad that, you know, he had to. I guess get hitting the uh, the noggin there with with a vulcanized piece of rubber but uh
1: I mean not that bad. He got a stick to show for it.
0: Yeah, that was pretty awesome that Fleno gave him the stick. That is pretty cool. From
1: the future captain. You think he's going to be future captain, huh? Captain Crush.
0: okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. So, I'm just trying to think like I know you could probably find it up on like the DVR version of uh of the auto market. Broadcast at his FSN, but I I feel like we've got some people that could probably help this guy out and find the clip, right? We got some guys. We got some guys. Tell you what, we're all well connected. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would say yeah, like that'd be a cool thing to kind of have, and maybe even frame it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, like the second. Uh, you know what? Not not just the puck hitting the head, but I want to see what he looked like the second before the puck hit his head. <laughs> Like the There's... second he started to realize it.
0: Oh yeah. Like the fly that's about to hit the windshield.
1: Yeah. The OS get moment. Stop. Won't <laughs> stop. <Ay-sh. laughs>
0: yeah. So that's a pretty awesome story. We'll try to get, uh, get in touch with our folks. Cause we got people and uh, we'll try to find a clip for you, Tim, but awesome story. Appreciate that. You're listening. Uh real, real, uh, Uh, We really, really appreciate your loyalty. So awesome, Uh, Tony. We also have another submission to the inbox.
1: Let's go. This is
0: from our fan uh, Adam, who sent in many a question in the mailbox. But he also said or asked, "Can the Wild Rescue Jack Eichel?"
1: I mean, how so? Can they? Can they like hide him in another country? I think they could. I think they have the resources.
0: I mean, is he drowning? I know we've got 10,000 lakes here. Maybe we have people that are, are well-versed in, in, like, water saving.
1: Well, I, he I think you do got to feel bad. I mean. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think you got to feel bad for Jack Eichel a little bit. Uh, he's having this amazing season where he's racking up, you know, uh, he's he's got a career-high uh, 35 goals. He's going to pass his career high in points. If everything works out well. And no matter what he did, and and I know that he's been on a little bit of a slump, but I mean it's hard to blame him at this point, because like no matter what he did at the beginning of the year, looking like a looking like a superhero, honestly, <laughs> on the ice, like being absolutely incredible. And it it just wasn't enough to get Buffalo to like even ten points in a playoff spot. It, it's it's just brutal. I I
0: can't even say like They've tried the tanking route. They've tried the rebuild route, and just nothing seems to work in Buffalo.
1: And they've got you know they've got Eichel, who maybe he's not generational, but he's you know an extremely good bona fide top line center in the league who scores goals. Like how much luckier could you get with the number two overall pick, honestly? And then you have uh, the uh, the win that they had with Rasmus Dahlin where they got a generational defenseman prospect, and they have those two guys, and you can't build around them? That's just absolutely embarrassing for Buffalo, and, and a huge reason <laughs> why. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. like they, They've not really been able to develop guys from within on mm-hmm. any sort of level. Uh, their their defense has improved, but but they haven't really been able to draft and develop defensemen from within at all. Um, the Ryan O'Reilly trade, if you want to see a bad trade, look at that Ryan O'Reilly trade. They got five assets, I think including, like, you know, two first-round picks. Tage Thompson, who is a really good prospect, and I can't remember who else. And Thompson's been a complete bust. Uh, uh, the the first-round picks, I, I don't know how they turned out yet. I, I, I don't know who they have on, on, on those, but nothing really worked out on that trade. Yeah,
0: it's been pretty brutal. And finally, before we go to break... Do you have any spring break plans? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty much working too. I, I think so. My wife has uh, has been working on her bachelor's, and uh, that should be wrapping up here in about a month or two. She's got her capstone, and uh should be wrapping up. And we plan on probably getting away, probably just heading up to Duluth, maybe a stop in Hankley. Just to get away, enjoy some uh, some beers at the at the breweries and stuff in Duluth, and and doing that. But other than that, like no real extravagant vacation plans. So uh, that's probably what we're going to be
1: end up doing. Can I bum a ride with you? Um. Well, sounds good, buddy. I mean, I know Done you deal. probably know the, you know the area
0: better than I do. You could be our I tour do. guide. I could. <laughs> I've been up there so many times I feel pretty confident going around there. But uh no,
1: nah, nah, you don't know all the spots.
0: <laughs> all right. All right, let's head into our first break and dive into the into the mailbag on Twitter. Again, we appreciate all those that submitted their questions, and we appreciate all you loyal listeners here on Locked On Wild.
1: Oh, and just to answer the question, no, the wild aren't trading for Jack Eichel. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the
0: show. I'm Joe and with Tony here taking your mailbag questions here on twitter uh again you can also send those in via twitter or our locked on inbox at locked on wild at gmail.com tony you got them locked and loaded here let's uh let's rifle through some of these uh
1: these uh questions here esteemed friend of the show ben remington asks free agent goalie crop looks decent give me your solution to the goalie problem next season and we have talked about this before. We've talked a lot about uh, Jacob Markstrom being a guy who we would be interested in on a three-year deal. Uh, right. Let's say that we're going to take this off the table and kind of discuss the rest of the field. What, uh, what, if anything, interests you?
0: It's kind of tough because there's a lot of goalies that haven't really been great this year. Or they're really old, so it's really tough. Like, do you really want to go after, like, a 39-year-old Ryan Miller? Probably uh,
1: No, and I think he's gonna kind of be—he's he, like a West Coast guy at this point. I think,
0: right? I think so too. Or, or you could try to bring back in like an Anton Hudobin, who's thirty-four years old, originally with the Wild, and uh, you know he hasn't had a bad season, but he's also like one of those career backups as well. I think
1: a real good one, like I would—I would, I would yeah. take Hudobin on my team. I think if you're looking for like a real stopgap,
0: I think there's players out there like Robin Laner's twenty-eight. He's probably not your stopgap because of his age. I would be interested in Robin later. Yeah, but I'm saying like a stopgap. Like, I think you'd have to sign him more than three years. if if That's what he'd be looking for.
1: With how he's looked, with the exception of of that, like, real bad year, like, I think this could be like, as long as he's a fit in the system, I think that this could be like a, a Dubnik thing where, like, you're getting him, you know, a bit older, but he showed something. And, you know, if Dubnik was signed to a four year contract when he was that age, that would be a different thing altogether than a six year deal. Right. Where we're seeing right. him in steep decline. If you could get Lander to a four year deal, I don't know if you could, but he, you know, darn near one Vezina, uh, you know, just last year and wasn't mm-hmm. able to uh, to get more than a one year like show me deal. Uh, maybe you can uh, maybe you can cash in and sign or not cash in. Maybe he can cash in and sign like a higher tur or a higher. Sorry, higher money deal over, you know, a term of like four years. I could be interested in that. You could talk me into that.
0: Sure. Does Braden Holtby do anything for you?
1: Not at all. He no, it w- has been in decline over the last couple seasons uh, I know he's an eight ninety seven this season. I don't know what he was last year, but I would be shocked if it was anything higher than nine ten. Uh, I think that you know he's he's had a run. Oh, I guess it was nine eleven, but the year before that he was nine oh seven. So, okay. I I respect what he did for Washington in like a five year stretch. He was an amazing goalie, but uh, is he the guy anymore? I I don't think he is, and. I don't want to be the guy who signs him to the contract that's going to land him.
0: Okay. Um, Here's another name that I think could be intriguing again, as like a short term possible for uh, goalie to, until maybe you get like a prospect that really comes up. But uh, what about like a Cam Talbot?
1: Uh, I'm not super interested in Cam Talbot. Like I think he's, a fine goalie but you know I don't know how much of an upgrade he is I mean he he's having a good year this year but he can he's one of those guys who can be pretty good pretty solid one year and then just kind of fall off the face of the planet the next year and and he's also got a ton of miles on him from his Edmonton days too and I I wonder if uh wonder if that might have just kind of dampened his upside overall. I mean, even as good as he's been for Calgary this year, he's only played in 26 games.
0: Okay. Is there any other goalies on the list that, uh, uh, free agent goalies that pique your interest at all. Uh, otherwise, let's move on to the next question.
1: Halak might be interesting as a backup. I think he might be comfortable in Boston, comfortable enough to re-up in Boston. Uh, okay. Corey Crawford, you might be able to talk me into Corey Ca- Crawford. He's got a 916 save percentage behind Crawford, a defense in, <laughs> <Crawford>. <laughs> behind a defense in, in Chicago that uh, that I don't think actually exists, so... <laughs> okay. All right. Uh next question. Morpheus from the Matrix. Who's the number one goalie going to this last stretch? It, it it's it's
0: oh. Right? Yeah, it's definitely Staylock because uh Dubnik, I mean, I know he didn't have a lot of practice or anything against Anaheim, but there's a couple of goals that he just can't let through. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know he's I know he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He hasn't been a ch- had a chance to really get into a groove or practice or do much leading up to that game, but
1: I'm sorry. First roll of playoff hockey is you read the hot hand in net. Exactly. And then he asked, do you see Fiala breaking 30 goals? I'm going to assume he's asking this year. Ooh, um,
0: how many he's games are actually left?
1: now with, I think, 15 or 14 left to
0: play. Ooh, that's a really great question. Like, with the pace that he's been on, he certainly could.
1: Oh, yeah, like, if you look at the pace he's been on, like, even in the last... Oh, I guess there's 13 games left to play. Excuse me, but if yeah, you look no, he at the he's bent. been on in the last month or so, like he's on track to obliterate it by like next week.
0: Yeah, uh, it would be awesome if he could um, get him on the power play and, and and more like yeah, get more power plays wild so we can see him just with more room on the ice. Like he's amazing in, at five on five even right now, but man on he's made that power play tick ever since he's been a a major fixture on it
1: i mean he's shooting the snot out of the puck too like that's yeah. a that that's a that's a big thing that uh that kind of makes me go like oh okay well maybe maybe we have something you know here in the la like maybe we have something here in terms of like a chance to break thirty that would still be and let's say he does it right yeah he would have twenty one goals in his last Thirty-one games of the year. Oof. Like I mean,
0: the thing with Fiala is like you can you can just see it in in uh, some of the plays that he makes on the ice. But what he does is he carries the puck in not really high danger areas, and he's got one hell of a wrist shot. And mm-hmm. like. I know he might not be taking a ton of shots com- in comparison to some of the other volume shooters on this team.
1: He actually is.
0: But, no, uh, he t- he, t- he takes a bunch of shots. But he's also taking shots from, like, really dangerous areas, too.
1: Yeah, he so. has been averaging 4.33 shots per game. So let's, let's say he keeps that pace up. That's 56 shots for the rest of the year, and he's only got to hit – seven goals on 56 shots, which is a 12.5 shooting percentage. That's totally it, doable. It's doable. I don't think he does. I think he might fall just yeah. a bit short, but.
0: I'm going to take the over on this. I think he's going to hit it.
1: Ooh, that's spicy. I'm going <laughs> to say under, but, okay. uh, but right. not because I don't think he's just amazing and brilliant. Like I think now that he could make a push.
0: If only I had some money to bet on this, but uh, alas, I do not.
1: You know what? If you have some money to bet on this, I can hold it for you. (laughs) Okay. Let me hold your Uh, money. All right. We're going to take
0: another break. We got more of your questions coming up in the next segment to finish out the episode. Stay tuned through the break. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. Tony, we're going through all of the mailbag questions, all of our listeners' questions. Again, we thank you. If you want to get in touch with us, you can also email at us uh, to our inbox, LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Also, we do appreciate any rating or review on Apple or iTunes or uh, really any podcast service you use, but uh, we do appreciate those as well. Tony, let's go with more questions.
1: Ben asks... The Wild Third Jersey is supposedly going to feature North Star's colors. Please discuss this ridiculousness. Okay. It is
0: ridiculous. It feeds into the whole thing of, uh, you know, it feeds into the whole like North Stars, bring the name back, bring back the history of the North Stars whole thing, which I think is ridiculous. But I have seen renderings of a Jersey with the green and yellow and white and it doesn't look half bad within the crest.
1: I don't know, I think that looks corny. I'm not a fan of Frankensteining the wild logo with North Stars colors. I you know what, here's the thing that I think that makes most sense and I think it gives, you know, I think it gives a lot of fans what they want and I think it's going to just print money for them in the same way that Carolina brought back Hartford Whalers jerseys. Why doesn't Minnesota just say like, hey, here's our third jerseys. We're going to have North Stars night for, uh, four dates. We're going to wear the North Stars colors and logo. We're going to wear them just like, you know, Carolina wore the Hartford Whalers jerseys. And we're going to have North Stars nights, you know, uh, for four dates this year. They would go nuts for them. And I think they would make a, a, a mint with North Stars wild jerseys. I
0: think that you're probably on the right path there. Like if they're just going to do this, don't Frankenstein it. Just say, this is what we're doing yeah, and, and just go with it. These are the special nights. We are the Minnesota wild, but we'll do this for our fans at the same time. I think it's a little bit different with the Carolina slash Hartford thing because they're the same franchise. Whereas in this situation for the Minnesota wild, they really have no real ties other than being in the same market as the North stars to the North stars.
1: I uh, you know what there's a uh, there's a franchise called the Atlanta Thrashers that yep. full time cosplays as as the Winnipeg Jets like the the Winnipeg Jets is the Atlanta <laughs> Thrashers fursuits. suits it's their persona
0: yeah and the also the Atlanta Flames also cosplay at the as the Calgary Flames too
1: yeah so like uh, I I mean and the Winnipeg least, like, Jets
0: still... also cosplay as Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you know, I I I don't know. I I don't think that there's too much of a problem with that. Like, I think if you're gonna do it, just do it and have you know Parise wear a uh, Parise North Stars jersey. That's that's gonna be cool as heck. Uh, I I think that you know that's a, that's a thing that would be like I, I think that's a thing that could be good.
0: I, I'm I'm just saying going to say it right now. If they do that with uh, the the Minnesota Wild crest, I think it's a uh, it's a it's a missed opportunity because I think if they do an M logo and they do it right, those things would sell like hot cakes. Ooh,
1: like an M logo that looks like the North stars. The end. Not, no, not even. I, I, that would look cool.
0: No, I'm not even going to go that way because I think that gives a lot of, like I've seen a, I've seen a, a fan do render up a, a Jersey with a W where the last upright on the W has the arrow that points to the North star. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I want to make the M. I just say give us an M logo, period, and For and sure. just do it right. You can maybe mess with the colors, maybe mix in a little bit of red, yellow, or or um, or even like some green and wheat with the yellow or whatever. Mix in a little bit of yellow in there, and I think you could do this right, but I would just say just give us the M logo and let's move on. Let's I like the North Star's logo and sweater overall. Uh, but I don't think that we should continue to hold on and grasp at straws here. I
1: don't know. I disagree. I say bring on the North Stars jersey, Knights, like whatever. That's fine. Okay. All Michael right. Michael asks, what would you do to try to solve the one center issue going into next season? So he wants us to get a number one center.
0: Well, I think uh, I think you revisit uh, a trade for a Brodeen or a Dumba to get that center. I don't know if there's a good way to, to get that number one center, unless you're going to bring up a kid who may not be ready for prime time right now. So um, unless you're expecting to kind of uh, suck into next year, uh, if you don't uh, figure out goaltending, I don't, I don't know how you uh, can get really get too much better than they are right now. And uh, maybe you bring in a, a young kid up, to do the number one center, but also outside of trading, I don't really know how else you do that.
1: Anthony Sorelli is my white whale flip, uh, Dumbo or Brodine. Even if you have to throw in a little extra to do, uh, okay. do that trade, threaten off or sheet them, find a way to get Anthony Sorelli. And that's my, that's my, like, this is my pipe dream. This is what I would try to do. <laughs> I'm a big fan. All right. Yeah. Back to Ben. Please join Giles and the Goalie and wishing that Al Stalock posts a 960 save percentage in the first round against the Blues for the hilarity (laughs) revenge factor. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't revenge be so sweet? We endorse this. We are joining our brothers, Giles and the Goalie's.
0: Yeah, brothers in arms.
1: All right, that's resolved.
0: Are we arms? Are we goalie pads? What are we? It's fine. And Mike's?
1: Let's not get get bogged down in this. State of Hockey with our last question of the night. I see a lot of concern about the Wild making the playoffs. They seem to be getting deeper in the prospect department. So why do we want to see a tank with all the potential talent coming? Many prospects don't pan out anyways.
0: Uh, I would say he's got a point. Because a lot of prospects, while showing a lot of promise, sometimes really don't come to fruition in the NHL. At the same time, I think that, I don't know, a a tank helps get those extra darts to hit hit that bullseye, you know, the the lottery ticket whole thing. Like, you got to get talent in the system as well. You need to keep getting the talent. And I understand that point there that they don't always pan out, but the more lottery tickets you have, the better chance you have of some of those guys really panning out.
1: Yeah, so I see that as, like, two not mutually exclusive things, right? Like, you know, Minnesota is going to get a boost in their prospect pool next year. They just are. Three picks in the the top 50 or so. Like, you're going to come out with, you know, maybe not all those prospects are going to pan out, but you're going to get three more lottery tickets that are going to look pretty nice in your organization. So, yeah, I think if you gave me, like, a, a menu list at the beginning of the year and like had like Minnesota is going to, you know, make the playoffs in a wild card spot and then there's like an option where Minnesota like finishes just outside the playoffs and like a third option where Minnesota absolutely tanks. I'm going to order the tank like it's a Reuben sandwich. <laughs> but, you know, like we are living in the reality that we're living in and that is, you know, Minnesota maybe did try to pull off a stealth tank. Maybe didn't. We don't know. We can't. We can't get inside the mind of Bill Guerin. But a lot of people were like, oh, okay, well, they traded Jason Zucker and they fired Bruce Boudreau. This only makes sense if, if you're looking to do a tank. And, and like, who knows? Who, who, who knows what was going on there? But I'll tell you that those were two conditions that, you know, trading away a really good player, getting rid of a, a good coach... I think those were two conditions that could have sent this team into a play, or you know, into a a tailspin and rocketing up the uh, the draft lottery boards, or, or however you want to call that. But you know, the the reality is that Kevin Fiala like decided to put the team on his back for a month. Can't begrudge him for that. No. Alex Staylock is standing on his head right now. Like this is what we're living in, and it's actually been fun to watch. So you know, this is what we're living in, and. Is this ideally what I would have chosen for the Wild? No, but, you know, can we have a good time with this anyway? I think we can.
0: I think so, too. I mean, it is entertainment. We like to be entertained. And and when the Wild are in meaningful games, it is entertaining. And what makes it even more entertaining is that it is the future of this team that is leading the way. It is Kevin Fiala. It is uh, spurts of Ryan Donato. It is uh, a little bit of... Uh, uh, Jewel Erickson that coming up, Jordan Greenway playing physical. It Luke is, Cunning,
1: give Luke Cunning credit. Luke, he gave Luke that Cunningham. amazing yeah. assist.
0: Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Luke Cunning is coming up. And I and uh, I know that Parisi's getting some goals, but he's also in here for the future, at least as much as we know, depending on what uh, what happens this offseason. But um you got a plan that he's gonna be the future of this team as well. So it is the future of this team leading the way. So I'm more okay with with a Fiala led wild team making the postseason. To I don't know, see what happens. Yeah, and and you know if they they are ultimately swept or if they're uh, they make a, a series out of it, then great. It, I think it, it it to play meaningful games in, in April to be exposed to. Uh, that kind of, uh, you know, the postseason play is important for young players to at least get a taste, dangle that carrot in front of them uh, and see what happens. And um, you hope that they uh, they can elevate their game as as they continue their development. So I'm I'm OK with it. All right, Tony, that's going to do it for today's mailbag. Where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Oh Hi Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15, as well as ZoneCoverage.com. That's going to do it for today's episode. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new show without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Wild. And as I mentioned at the top of the segment, you can also get in touch with us via email to our inbox. Email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything around your Minnesota Wild, who are in the top wild card team every day.